Good evening, Patriots. And it's the end of Wednesday, July 26th. A couple things right up front. Um, a reminder, on Friday, there is not going to be any Bended Knee or Bards FM show. Those are canceled because I have to go up and get a walk-in freezer for the butchery. And then the normal Friday prayer, we're going to do Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time, and that'll be 11 a.m. Eastern, so whoever can show up. So that's going to be shifted to Saturday. Also, we had said, I had said, that um, we were going to do the common law class this Sunday. We're pivoting it one week, and it just has to do with all the things that stacked up with me on this end. We haven't been able to get the uh, all the technical stuff ready to be able to do that with all the other things going on. So we're going to pivot one week tentatively until I'm going to, we're talking to Jaron right now, but tentatively it's going to be 2 p.m. the following Sunday. And all, all of that will be made very clear next week or even tomorrow if I hear back from him. So uh, that's where that is. I don't want anybody to miss that. So the two things then again, Friday, are we're not doing Bended Knee or Bards FM. That's this Friday. And then the normal time that we, when we do Prayer Friday, is going to shift to Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. And then again, Common Law class that was scheduled for 2 p.m. Pacific on Sunday is being shifted one week. And we'll get the final dates on that here pretty quick. There, that's a nice way of getting some stuff out of the way. And now I'm going to give you a great little announcement about air purification because they're one of our great sponsors, which is ekpure.com, ekpure.com. Great product. It's a home air purification system, and air, and it comes with a professional air quality monitor when you get this. This is a product that will literally sort, sift out your viruses, allergens, chemicals, and odors from the air. It works beautifully. They, I have mine running 24-7, literally. Fantastic product. So EK, EK Cleanse Filters, or I guess they're Enviral Cleanse, is, a, is the main company, but it's EK Pure. It's just a great product. It was designed and selected by the Department of Defense to, to purify the air in the Navy ships. It uh, has a hospital-grade HEPA filter and a mineral filter system on it, which just does an incre- incredible job. Filters last about four to five months on constant running, which is really great. And, of course, getting rid of all these impurities in our air is critical, especially when we're dealing with so much stuff that's being put into our environment that we don't know. So check it out. This is a 100% American-made unit. It has multiple fans or speed settings, so the circulation of air can be like one time an hour or however the circulation is, multiple times an hour. So it's really good. So, again, ekpure.com, ekpure.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You'll get about You'll get 10% off on the unit, and then you'll get a free air quality monitor, which accounts to about $150 savings, which is a great deal. I have one. I'm going to get another. They're great. Worth the investment. ekpure.com, promo code BARDS. I'm going to tell you, I've been talking to a lot of people and about this last week, and it's been a weird week. It really has been this last week, and then kind of as it wrapped through the weekend, A lot of spiritual attacks going on, a lot of ambushes, and it's been pretty intense, some of the ambushes. And it's I picked it up about a a week ago last, I guess, last Sunday was when it really 
picked up and peaked with me. It's still continuing. I just got something else tonight that I was just shaking my head at going, I can't believe this. But it's there's there I'm just giving you that at the awares. Be on the alert and be ready because we're in a pretty intense time that there this spiritual attack seems to be wanting to divide and to separate. And it's using the the force that's behind this is using anything that they can to throw a wedge with people. And unfortunately, and I mean this. There are a ton of people out here that are just not sitting well in the Holy Spirit. And they're not thinking things through, and they're very much um, in a different place. I, and I'm going to get onto a little bit of a rant tonight, just because I, I'm. it's one of my hot buttons. It's come up just with some of the stuff that's happened. So we, I'm going to end up talking, believe it or not, about joy and joy in the Holy Spirit, which is so important. But I, I want to get to a point here, first of all, on what is essentially a reputation of, of Christians. And Christians are not seen as open-minded. They're seen as, actually, they're, they're seen as fairly judgmental by a lot of the population and in many times hip, hypocrites, which I think is well-earned, to be very honest with you. We're supposed to be uh, people that we walk in this world where extending the love and grace, and we walk with a loving and forgiving heart. And that means we should be, our number one mission should be going after the most broken and opening our arms to anything like that. So that is the example of that is Christ sitting with the prostitutes and the tax collectors. And I think there's a lot of reasons that Jesus found that group to be there with regularly. But I can say this is when they're a group that was ostracized and always is ostracized in his society. They've seen the worst of things. They've been abused by society. So they're very open and receptive to a message that Jesus could bring. Unfortunately, as a body of in, in the Christian body, we don't live that way. I, I'm just saying we as a broad spectrum. And I'm not, if this is one of these cases, if the shoe fits, wear it. If not, then we're just going to be talking about this as a, as a general problem of the greater movement and the tag. I, I have hesitated anymore. I don't use much the reference to I'm a Christian. I use my I reference the fact that I'm a follower of Jesus for a very particular reason. Because the stigma that has been cast upon Christians, both for the political aspect, the over the years, and the the dead stone walls and the weak pulpits that have come about don't give an image of a faith that is one that is loving and powerful at the same time. And I've noticed it quite a bit recently. I think a lot of this is coming out from agitations in our current environment and people are becoming hypersensitive to things and not walking in that walk with Christ. We should be absolutely fearless in this walk. We should be reaching out to every child that's trying to, is confused gender-wise. We should be reaching into the gay community to talk to them. And, and I, when I say this, and I'm not talking from a I don't do it, any opportunity I have, I will. I don't, you know, it's like one of those things we're dealing with people that need to find Jesus. And that's our number one mission. And yet we're not doing that as a whole. And again, this is not a collective, um, everybody's doing this, but as a, as a, as a body, of faith, of people walking with Jesus, this is not our norm. 
We like to congregate together and be together in one big mass so that we can sing and, and do those things. But we're the ministry on the ground, in the field, we're not seeing it. I saw this, it's a very cool video the other day of, I think it was 80,000 people in a stadium, maybe 60, but it was in that range, all singing hymn. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Now, wouldn't it be awesome to see 80,000 people on the ground talking to homeless, talking to children, talking to others, but that's not going to happen. And increasingly what we're starting to see is that we're not seeing the ministry go out into the world when we most need it. It tends to be, you know, holding up it to itself. And so we call it revivals and we feel good about it because we bring all these people together and suddenly we're going to we're going to revive the world through, through a, a meeting of togetherness. And I'm not saying that doesn't have impact and I'm not saying you shouldn't be part of it. What I'm getting at is that's what, what our symbol of bringing Jesus into the world becomes rather than this, the image of people on the ground ministering one-on-one and walking with the Holy Spirit. And a lot of that leads to an arrogance, um, an elitism, and even a, and a judgment that whether by design or whether by attitude or, or just by function, Christians tend to get that way. I'll use an example of just this firsthand, and this was when I was down in Yuba City a while back. I'm going to use two examples, actually. And one I've told the story of a couple of times, and this was when I went to get gas. And as I stepped out of the Jeep, one of the homeless guys, there was three of them, right next to the, it was wet out and it was cold out, and it was right next to the gas station, and one of the homeless guys came up and asked if I had cigarettes. And I, before he even got this out of his mouth, I just said no. And God nudged me. And I turned to him, I said, okay, what type of cigarettes do you smoke? And he said, Marlboro. I think they're Marlboro shorts or something. I, I, I don't do cigarettes, so I don't know. And so I went in and I bought a carton for them. And I told you this story because what it ends up being a very, a wraparound story where as I handed them, one of the guys said, can I pray for you? And he didn't just do a prayer. This man was schooled in scripture and it was evident. And then that's when we discovered that to somebody in Bard's nation that he, that, that they had thought that this, they actually were pretty sure that that was their, their lost brother that they had lost touch with that was, had decided that was where he belonged was to minister to the homeless. And it was just, the whole thing was so moving and so powerful to remind me, and hopefully these stories remind us all, of the real place where we need to be in this world. I, I did an immediate judgment, and then I, to be quite frank, I got smacked down. I mean, I, I love it because God gave me a colossal, like, body slam right there in front of everybody to remind me that, you know, don't judge. And your mission is out in the world. That's where we need to be reaching people. It's interesting because I've shared that story a number of times, and a couple of times it's come up. It's like, cigarettes are bad for you. You actually bought them cigarettes? And I just, I roll my eyes. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Is that all you got out of that story? Is your concern about cigarette health? These guys have nothing. They're living out of shopping carts. 
They're trying to get, get it together to stay warm for the night. And they asked for some cigarettes. Yes, I bought them cigarettes. And that's, you know, like, okay. You know, and the other one I told you about too in Yuba City, which is, was a group of kids, youth, in their, it's late teens, early 20s, homeless, hanging out on the side of a, of a convenience store. It's cold. And I went over and started chatting with them and, and asked them if I could get them anything. And they, they said no. They were, and didn't really want to get a lot of eye contact. Finally, someone said, well, you know, we, we, I was wanting to get some donuts. So I went and I bought three different bags of donuts because I have no idea what type of donuts they wanted. And I came back out and it just sparked up a whole conversation and it allowed me to pray with them. I'm saying this for a reason. We're very safe in our churches and in the churches when we create a homogenous view of people, we start to develop some very antiseptic views of what it is to be a Christian and that then allows us to start questioning things rather than investigating truly who a person is. So let, let's just put it all on the table. I've told you my story here. It's episode 64. And I'm imperfect. If you look me up on the web, if you haven't, please do. You'll find probably a good 20 or 30 articles accusing me of stealing money from a nonprofit and a cancer patient. That's what you're going to read. The story in episode 64 that I do and just highlight is that that was my nonprofit. That person was my business partner. We filed the paperwork incorrectly. My, my tax preparer did. Instead of what I probably should have done, which is just give the money back, we held on to the money and refiled, which took, I don't know, close to two years before the filing came through for a proper 501c3. In the end, everybody got their money. But that accusation was made on me. And on the worst part about it is, if you really dig into it, the case that they built, that, by the way, I was charged. I was arrested, but I wasn't charged for 20 days while they held me in jail. But the media knew my charges four days after I was picked up. The media spread those charges around the world, and the evidence that they used were my filings, my legal filings, my tax filings for a 501c3 with the IRS. That's what they used as proof that things were wrong. So my, my point of this whole thing, that, that case, in case you are now suddenly shocked and in awe and don't know what to do because your head is spinning and like, oh, my gosh, Bards is not perfect. Bards was thrown in jail. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's me. No worries. Been the best parts of my entire life because that's where God got hold of me and thro literally throat stopped me. And I found more Jesus inside those walls, more compassion with people inside those walls, more love in Scripture than those inside those walls than in any church I have ever visited, less one, which would be glad tidings. So I want to be clear about that. So this is one of these 
this is one of these moments when you have what's out there because in the world of social media and in everything else, those, those marks, they do it intentionally never leave. And like I was going to say, if you're curious and you go to find the case, you won't find it. You'll find the media stories, but you won't find it. Why? Because two years later, the case, the charges were thrown out and the case was sealed. And that was done literally in about 10 minutes before the judge. But you see, that hangs out there. So when it hangs out there and people just see things, then what they do is they start drawing conclusions. And they do this because in the world that we do in in our Christian faith is we don't look at things through a lens of God. We look at it a lens of a temple and what's expected of how you dress, how you sit, how you act, how you behave in church. And all of these things you become judgmental on. And in fairness, I said one church, that's actually not true. Um, Thomaston, Georgia is where I was, was for two years. And Valley Grove Church under Travis Graham was just amazing at the most critical time of my life when I really, things had really been turned upside down. And they are an amazing church that literally lives by the philosophy. It's a small country church. Meet people where they are. And I've, you know, I've given this testimony much and it's, it's become one of the strongest things in my life, not the weakest. But I say all this because we're under a lot of attack right now, all of us. And really the question is, how are we going to respond? I have a couple of ways that I respond right now with certain attacks. One is I'm going to be fearless in front of the demonic attack. I'm not going to shy away. If I, and this happened, you know, not too long ago, you know, some interactions that I had warning that, oh my goodness, there's going to be some demonic activity. I'm like, okay, big deal. We'll cast out the demons. We'll pray. If someone needs to be Brought to Jesus, we'll do that. If someone needs to be baptized, we'll do that. Whatever we need to do. But I'm not walking away because of some latent fear that there's a bunch of demons floating around. And when we are engaging people, my personal thing is, I because this is me. I mean, I, this is my background. When I find someone's, and I'll give you an exception to this, but when I find somebody has had a, a bad past, I of any kind, I'm actually more intrigued because I know something about them. I know that they're going to understand a darker side of life and they're going to be very open if, if it's if they can understand it to the love in Christ. But the person that's going to be on Wall Street, for example, that's making millions and chugging away on, on stacking away as much cash as they can so they can buy the next fancy car and the new spread over on New Jersey side of the river, they are harder to convince. Matter of fact, they will not listen much to Jesus, but I take somebody who's broken and I talk about Jesus, they are going to be sitting there going, brother, tell me what about this Jesus, because I want to know. So all of this is really a lead up to something that's very important. And it is our mission to really spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is our primary mission. And that means something. It doesn't just mean cookie-cutter response, and it doesn't mean any... That means the people we're going after are probably the ones you're going to find are not going to be perfect. 
Now, before we go further, I do want to highlight some things because it is real right now. We have a major issue pressing in upon us, which is the economy. They're trying to crash it, trying to make it very difficult. And literally, we are days away from the Durban Accords, which if you didn't know what those are, those are, it's an agreement that between on the 22nd of August, when BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa are expected to announce the launch of a new international supercurrency fully backed by gold and other commodities. It's literally one of the greatest threats to the U.S. global dominance of the dollar in 80 years. So this is part of a long-term plan to literally take the dollar out of the predominant currency on a global scale. So you need to get information on protecting your IRA and 401k. And much of that can be handled by the folks at Birch Gold Group. What you want to know is how to get your IRA and your into a get yourself into an IRA and and then make it a tax-free gold-backed precious metal-backed IRA. And that's where Birch Gold excels. So text the word BARDS B A R D S to 989898. That's BARDS B A R D S to 989898. Get your free info packet. I mean, this momentum that they're about to shift is going to be huge in these accords, and it's going to be very serious, and it's going to affect the dollar potentially in a very big way. Again, that's happening on August 22nd. So in the meantime, get yourself armed with information. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and claim your free info pack from Birch Gold and do it today. So... The, the issue that the idea of the social media environment in which we live is to make sure, and this is what the social credit score system is built on, is that once you have a stain, it never goes away. And that's the part of the enslavement system that we have. And so it's pretty amazing when we are in this world that even though Christ forgives, we're going to live in a world that does not. And, and, and this is where we have to rise up above. I'm, I'm I'm really if again, if anybody ever if you're ever curious, go back and listen to episode sixty-four. You just have to Google Bards FM episode sixty-four. It'll come up. If you haven't heard it and you want to hear it, there it is. You know, it's my testimony and it's right there. But in this time when we're getting so heavily attacked, it's going to increase. And I'm what I'm saying right now, there's a lot of demonic attacks. Things in your life may come up, and it may happen. I've seen in this last few weeks, and I shared this with you yesterday, but I want to share it again. A friend of mine who was married for 23 years, and this is the same time period. I'm talking about attacks here. So a friend of mine who has been married for 23 years, all of a sudden about six weeks ago came home, and the doors were locked, and he was kicked out of his house. His wife informed me that she was going to file for divorce. She got a ruthless attorney. He was absolutely caught flat-footed. He hardly had any money to live on because he was paying all the bills. And we even prayed for him two weeks ago. 
And that's a big part of this because we did pray not for him, but we prayed for both of them. Now, they were at the table in this meeting. They were getting to the point of starting to draft out the separation of assets. So that's a long ways down the road on a divorce, so so you know. And as they're in that place, and we prayed, um, others did too, but we prayed very heavily for the principle that at the very least, Father, don't allow them to walk away as hating each other, but let them remember the love that they had at the beginning, whatever. And we prayed for a hedge of protection around them. We prayed that a lot of things. And then it was yesterday that I was informed by him that truly the miracle hand of God had worked because here they were at the brink, literally just a bit away from they're getting into the custody issues of the kids and they were getting into the separation of assets. That's a big way, ways down the road on preparing for a divorce. 23 years and something shifted. That's God's hand. And I said to him, I said, well, how are things going? He said, you wouldn't believe it. He says, I'm back home. We're back together. We're going to church again. We've we've aired this all. We've realized this was a demonic attack. And the only reason we got through this, his words, is because of prayer. And I bring this example up because this was a, even he told me, he said, I, was, I knew that I would probably get hit for some of the ministry he was doing, but they didn't anticipate it coming the way it did. And it, it went right for the weakest node. And in so doing that, weakest node, it literally derailed the whole stability of the family. So it's a point right now to really be focused on that centerpiece with God and understand that as we're really walking in that body of Christ, we have to stay focused there. It is so easy to get derailed, so easy to get attacked. And you're going to need to have people, if people are talking to you and communicating things, we have to listen to. It's easy when we get wrapped up in these things, we're going to go hell-bent on something and realize that we're being influenced in a wrong way. We also have to be open. And, and as we're, when we're going places and traveling places, and we have to be really open in walking with Jesus. What does that mean? And that's literally submitting ourselves to him and literally walking in the, in the place where we're abiding in him. I know these are, you know, these are kind of big words we ask, like, what does that mean? Well, an abiding in him begins with the text of, of the Bible. But I think when we're, when we're talking about worship and we put the word submission with worship is, is good, we're, we're literally sacrificing ourselves every day anew to our commitment to walk with Jesus. And just to highlight that, I mean, I, uh, this can be taken to the extreme where people would be like, oh, I guess I should shed all my things and walk around and have nothing. And that's not what we're talking about here. Christ died for our sins. And we have this process now to bring this victory into the world. And if we are starting to look ourselves as truly as emissaries of Jesus, we have to start seeing the world through the eyes of Jesus. And that's the compassion. We also know that Jesus has a ferocious warrior side. We know that. But in the daily, it's the compassion. And I, and I, I really am, I will tell you this, I have settled into this, and I've noticed it in myself. God has transformed me in ways that 
I could never have foreseen. And it's ways I've, I've found it even recently where some of these ways that I've, he's transformed me are in ways that give me greater temperance and patience, deep empathy. And when it comes to children, I don't think there's a night that goes by that I don't shed tears on some story that I've researched. And I haven't even seen the worst of it. Here's another one I want to bring up because it's one we have to be careful of. So there's this whole thing going around right now about Tim Ballard. And I've intentionally stayed away from this whole discussion. And because it's all attacks on Tim Ballard. And all of a sudden, Tim Ballard's story, which is literally changing the world, has become a discussion now about the people that funded the film, the people that are on his, his board of directors, trying to suggest everything that it's a, it's a deep state plot. So this is what I'm going to, these are questions that people aren't asking when they say that. First of all, Tim's organization is big. It's not been hidden. It's been in the open. So my first question is, so now apparently when he gets, and the film comes out and there's some fame, that's when people dogpile on and they do the research to discover that what they think, I should say, is the evilness behind this. Where was that research three weeks ago, eight weeks ago, a year ago? Why did it suddenly come out once the film became famous? I get two answers out of that. Either people are literally that hypocritical and shallow, or you're dealing with a psyop to derail him. One, choose one. Then we have the film. People are talking about some of the funding of the film, and it was released, and they're, they're now, and it was designed to do something else. Okay. When we're dealing with an adaptive cabal that understands evil better than we ever will imagine evil, they're going to take advantage of every single thing that comes in. Consider this. Anything evil, God can use for good. Do not think for a second that anything good, they won't try to convert to evil. That's part of this game. So if we're going to be looking at this film, and suddenly this film is not to be, and I, I've read this and seen this so many times, I can't tell you. Oh, let me save you $7.50 at the theater. Don't bother going. I'm like, okay. What is, what is why? Because some people funded it? I'll bet you those same people that say that watch Disney films. I'll bet you those same people that watch this watch Touchstone films, which is owned by Disney. I'm going to bet you they do. So again, these are these judgments that we get wrapped up in, and pretty soon it creates this viral storm on the media, and we're all jumping in on it. And I, I'm just doing a general collective we. I mean, people, I should say, are just jumping in on this. And you're like, okay, wait a minute. Where's your common sense? Why did this suddenly start when the film got famous? I listened to a testimony today of somebody that runs a child operation. And I don't know, I don't know if they're good or bad, and I'm not going to call them out by name. But I don't know if they're a good operation or not. But what I do know is the entire video was denouncing Tim Ballard's organization because this organization hadn't given his organization any money to support his operations. I mean, I don't know if you know how 501c3s work. I became a pretty good expert after they slammed my butt in jail. 
I can tell you right now, you can't move money from a 501c3 unless you have a 501c3. And then it has to be run through the board of directors to do it. So there's a lot of the stone throwing right now, which to me, what I am witnessing in all of this, is there's a whole bunch of people out here right now that are trying to leverage the fame of a film and an organization that the film was done about to try to make their brands better. And in so doing, doing what people do best, which is to throw stones and not point the finger at themselves. Wow, that sure sounds like a parable in the Bible, a story of Jesus between the adulteress and the, and the accusers. And there he sat between them. And at the time, by the time he got through asking the questions, they all left and the adulteress was sitting there before him and he asked her, where are your accusers? And she says, my Lord, no one is here. And then tells her these amazing words, go and sin no more. That's another one of these great discussions I love to have because immediately people will be like, that's not what he meant. It's like, really? He just meant it about the adultery. Okay, but that's not what he said. <laughs> that's not what he said. He said, go and sin no more. So again, we lay on these interpretations because we're not comfortable with that idea. Because in the dead stone walls, we're told we are sinners, we are unworthy, and you cannot ever be an unsinful person. But Jesus has said, apparently we can, but we haven't found the way yet, but we can. Isn't that amazing? So I bring all these things up because it's a context of us walking in this world. And it's a way that we have to make a choice. And ultimately, it comes down to, are we going to walk in love and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? Or are we going to walk with this sort of Christian ease and Christian lingo and lens on the world? I'll be happy if, I'll be very honest when I say this, if I'm never referred to as a Christian, but referred to as a follower of Jesus, there isn't a higher honor that I could receive. And I'm good with that walk myself. I know whatever Jesus went through and those pains and sufferings, he has suffered almost, he's, he's suffered almost every single pain and sin on earth. He's felt the, he's felt the imperfect imperfection of humankind. He is a merciful God. He is a God that looks down upon his children. You know, I just, you know, another side story on this, just to remind people, Paul, Apostle Paul, was beheading Christians before he was called to Jesus on the road to Damascus, just saying. And later he's confronting those same people that he was working with before and trying to bring them to Christ. It's just, it's just a beautiful story, you know? And you can't tell me that when he was as a tent maker, people didn't know what he was doing before. So the question you have to ask is like, okay, well, how did they, how do you, does a society resolve that? How did they go from seeing the guy, knowing the guy that was a torturer and an executor of Christians becomes a follower of Jesus? And how do they reconcile that in culture? Because it didn't happen on social media. And they didn't get to go up and look on Google and go, ooh, look at all these articles that were written about him. They didn't get to do that. 
So how was the functioning of society at that time? And my guess is it was very much like the way the West was, was set up and the way I grew up. And so kind of pulling this full circle. I am blessed. I've walked a blessed life. My father is, a, is an amazing man. My mother is an amazing person, amazing woman, amazing mother. My dad had a, has an unbelievably strong faith. It doesn't take the form of a church. It takes the form of a deep belief in Jesus, in the power of faith, and understanding that there's a lot of things that I learned from him, and one was patience. And one was to remember that these words, it didn't, the man's past is not important. What's important is his work ethic and what he brings when he works for you and works with you. I met some interesting folks in my dad's business. He was a remodeling contractor. People that usually had issues. And every one of them, in one way or another, excelled under him because he gave them room to be good. That's how the West actually was established. If you don't know this history, it's important that when people moved to the West, they left everything behind. The symbology of going through, the, through St. Louis and what that arch there represents was a gateway. And we can, I'm sure there's all sorts of Luciferian nonsense we can put there, but let me phrase it a different way because these people coming out here weren't Luciferians. They were Christians. And they were dedicated. And they were suffering unmeasurable sufferings to get out here. But when they walked, when they went through St. Louis, which was your main hub because the Oregon Trail started there, and that's where you got your resupplies, everything you needed for the trail got your everything, what you needed to go on, and they would leave there. They were leaving symbolically what was in their past. They were leaving to go out and to start anew. That was the whole idea of doing land claims and homesteading. It was a fresh start. Nobody gets a fresh start in this day except one way, and that's through Jesus. So the question is ultimately this. Are we going to walk in the world where we walk as Jesus wants us to, expects us to, to give the fresh start? We're not talking about forgiving despicable evil, so be clear here. Well, I shouldn't say forgiving, but we're not. that doesn't get a free pass. Let's put it that way. I'm talking about in the world. Are we going to be those that do the search and the background checks on the web to try to assemble the, the idea of a person of who a person is, or are we going to be the person that engages somebody to learn about them, to let them give testimony to their situation if it comes up, and to ultimately lead them to Jesus? Because here's, here's the bottom line. When a person comes to Christ, if they're going to be authentic in that, and they won't really get a choice anyway once they do, they're going to be honest about who they are. So I think that's really where I come to after this long 10 days of a lot of warfare, crazy stuff going on. I look around the world and I know that I look around my, my county, I look around the places that I've been, and I'm like, okay, I hear it all the time. Well, there's a demonic force here. There's a stronghold here. There's a gateway here. There's, 
there's evil up in here. There's people that aren't, don't believe in Christ. And I look around there and I'm like, and that would be why, because we're not doing our damn job. That's why. And I'm not going to shirk away. I'm going to walk with Jesus and I'm going to get in there. And if I'm running to resistance and typically I will, I will almost guarantee you the ones that will be the hardest to deal with will be the pew Christians. Because in many ways, they need more Jesus than the people out in the world. That's the truth. So that's just some things to think about. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm proud of it. I strive to it. I walk with him. I breathe with him in every chance I can. I humble myself before him. I repent frequently. But I know the power of love that he's shown me and what that can do to this world. And as a guy that's walked in war, that likes my guns, that likes my my archery, that likes hunting, I can tell you that there is no greater force, if we can master it, than the power of love. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we're grateful to be here tonight and very humbled. Let me just ask this evening that wherever people are, I just think there's a real word here tonight, that wherever you are, just turn to him. This world gets so heavy and it gets so burdensome and we forget the simple things. We're not supposed to carry all those burdens by ourselves. And we tend to, in the process, as we get burdened down, I think that we start to look at others and start the process of trying to select out our lives and try to make irrational decisions about what is safe and what's, what's good and what's bad. Instead of just abiding in you and seeking to see the world through your eyes. There is so much right now that we have to deal with. And if we aren't walking with you, then burdens get almost unbearable. So, Father, forgive those that see us through the lens of judgment. And more than forgive, we forgive those that see us through the lens of judgment. And instead of seeing that, Father, we, we pray for a blessing that when they encounter the judgment that's upon us, let that judgment fall and expose the heart of Jesus that lives within us. And let them see that. No matter what they're told, no matter what they see, no matter what they believe, let them see the heart of Jesus that's within us. Father, that's something that I'm actually, myself, I'm going to proclaim as a blessing tonight. Bars Nation, just ask that all those that want to receive just say amen, because I, I, with the authorities given to us by Jesus himself, I'm asking for and declaring a blessing on Bars Nation for anybody that's listening, that the heart of Jesus glows through, and as the heart of Jesus glows through, 
Others see that and everything else falls away. And no matter where we are in that station in life, let that heart of Jesus glow. And as we sit in this place of lots of different things going on, new challenges, turn your face to God. Be with him. Seek him. Seek his face. And sit still and know that he is God. This is an important time just to dig in deep, to seek his face. And to find that power and that glory, the the true power of love that flows through us, to understand that might and that fantastic gift that God gave us. And above all, Father, just we ask that we, it is reminded, burned into us, however it goes, that we do not forget that we are the children of the Most High. This comedy show that we're witnessing. Take it in stride. We're not here that long, but what we are here for needs to be rich because what we do in life echoes into eternity. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Yep. Good stuff. Jesus is a good topic. I'll tell you right now. So, Patriots, don't know where you're at, but I know this. Right now, it doesn't matter where you're at. Everybody needs a little more Jesus. So seek him out. He's there. He is waiting. He's enjoying. Spend time to laugh a bit. Don't take it so seriously. Don't be so morose. Enjoy the fact that God wants to enjoy our joy. So have some fun. Enjoy life. Enjoy the walk. Take a walk outside. Find the things that are funny. Let let the let life show you its humor because there's a lot of it out there. All I have to do is go out and watch these these cabs and they're so goofy and it just makes you laugh because they're just kids (laughs) and they know it and they don't forget it so let's not us forget that we have joy keep your head up and your eyes forward never bow to evil never relent always press into the fight God is with us he'll never forsake us and in the end God always wins But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest dead Oh